0: Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, a weekly conversation filled with stories of business, financial literacy, careers, leadership, and resilience. Setting and achieving goals is key, whether they are related to your finances, business, or career. I hope to empower you with these conversations no matter where you are in life. I'm your host, Angel Radcliffe, and on this show, get ready to change your mindset and start your journey to achieve your lifelong goals. So if you need a little motivation to start your day or jumpstart your next project, tune in and be sure to join our community online at milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast. On today's show, we're chatting all about becoming a coach a business coach, that is. So if you're looking to start a business and you're just not sure what you want to do, tune in because we'll be chatting how you can use your current skills and turning those into becoming a coach and helping others achieve their dreams. So I'll be joined in this episode by Lee Shay McDonough, the founder of Coach With Clarity and author of Act On Your Business, braving the storms of entrepreneurship and creating success through meaning, mindset and mindfulness. Lee is originally a social worker and mental health professional who has parlayed her skills into a successful career as a credential coach. So this is going to be a very awesome episode. I want you to get your pens and paper ready because we're going to talk about what coaching is, the different types of coaching, and really how you can use those skills and helping others live their dreams of becoming a business owner, mentor, and coach. So let's go ahead and welcome Lee to the show. Lee, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Angel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you on. Uh, This is a topic that we haven't discussed on the show before, so being a business coach, starting a coaching business. So I know so many people will be tuned in to get the nuggets that you have to provide. Excellent. I'm excited to dive in. So before we get started with all the questions and I'm sure I have a million, how about you tell us a little bit more about you? Where are you from? What led you into coaching? What were you doing before coaching? I know that's a lot of questions, (laughs) but give us a brief bio (laughs) on yourself.
1: Absolutely. I'll give you my origin story, if you will. So my name is Lisha McDonough. I'm the founder of Coach with Clarity, which is a training and education company for intuitive, innovative, aspiring coaches. I have been doing this work as a coach for about six years, and that was after a 15-year career as a clinical social worker, public health professional, and therapist. So my first career really focused on providing individual, couple, and family therapy. And my husband at that time was in the Air Force. So we moved around quite a bit, and I really got both a breadth and a depth of experience working in all sorts of environments, from hospitals to clinics, inpatient and outpatient work. And then in 2015, when we made the decision that our time in the Air Force was done, we moved back to the United States after a four-year assignment in Germany, which was amazing. And when we returned, I had two boys, eight and six, who had essentially grown up in Germany. They didn't really remember what it was like to be an American kid. And so I took a little bit of time off to help my family with that transition out of the military into civilian life from Germany to America. And then my husband, who is a periodontist, bought a dental practice in town. And that was a huge transition as well. So I pressed pause on my mental health career to kind of help my family navigate this change. And after about nine months, I started getting the itch to return to work. And yet on some level, I knew that mental health wasn't where I was meant to be at this stage in my journey. I knew I still wanted to help people, but I didn't really know what that would look like outside of a therapy career. And so meanwhile, my husband has bought this business and he's learning for the first time how to work on your business and in it, which is not something that a lot of healthcare professionals, clinicians, and so forth get taught in school. In school, we're taught how to be a social worker, how to be a dentist, how to be a doctor, we're not taught how to run the business behind it. And so he was really having to learn a lot of that while he was doing it. And it was very stressful and very frustrating. And I remember thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great if there was someone out there that could help him with this process? And so I started doing some research and that's really what introduced me to business coaching. And when I found out more about what that entailed, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, I can do this. My background as a therapist, coupled with all of the program management and development experience I have through my public health background, I think I'm really well suited to do this type of work. And so in 2016, I started my coaching practice. I think because of my background as a therapist, I attracted a lot of mental health professionals and a lot of healthcare professionals. And the more people that I worked with, the more they asked me, Hey, tell me about this coaching thing. How did you become a coach? Do you think you could help me become one? And that's when I started to my pivot into the education and training side of things. And so now while I still work with a limited number of one-on-one clients, helping them start, grow or scale their coaching practices, I'm also really interested in helping coaches deepen their mastery of their coaching skills while building a successful coaching practice. And so that's what we do at Coach With Clarity. We have an initial certification program for people who want to learn the art of coaching. We also have the Coach With Clarity Collective, which is a membership style program that marries the business piece with the coaching piece. And it is just a wonderful way to help people really step into their power as coaches. And even better, it's accredited by the International Coaching Federation. So people who are looking for that ICF credential can both do the work to obtain it and then also the work to maintain it all under the Coach with Clarity umbrella.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for all of those amazing details because you answered three of the next questions I had. And, you know, just, there's a few big ones. Actually, you mentioned how so many people are taught to work in the business, but not work on the business. So the operational Mm -hmm. side of things. And -hmm. I think that's so important when it comes to entrepreneurship and that blends with a bit of what I do on the business financial side. So many people just don't understand like how a business works, how it runs, but they have these great ideas. And traditionally with an entrepreneurship, we always tell people, you know, stop working in your business, you know, make sure you're working on your business, make sure you're you're hiring the team. I, I really love how you explained everything that you're doing. And the second thing that I picked up is I was going to ask about the certification and you threw it right out there, which is really great when you're doing an intro and letting people know, yes, your program is accredited, it's certified, all of those details, because that's the number one question so many people have. Mm-hmm. When you go on social media, you see so many people who are calling themselves a coach. There's no certification they have no expertise. And I was like, it's definitely one of the reasons why we booked you for the show. So definitely thank you so much for that.
1: Thank you. I'm again, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And, and I think, you know, I do want to make the point that I know plenty of talented, exceptional coaches who do not have an ICF credential. And so I don't mean to suggest that in order to be a good coach, you have to go the ICF track. But my position is that in order to be an amazing coach, you really do need to invest in your own development and education as a coach. And that might look like an accredited coach training program, or maybe it looks like working with a mentor coach or creating your own self-study course with books or podcasts. It looks like receiving coaching and practicing coaching. I do think there are many paths to becoming a really strong coach and certainly a credentialed program is one path. But again, as long as coaches are really investing in their own education and taking the time to go into their own personal development, I think that's at the heart of what makes a really strong coach. Definitely. And, you know,
0: you talked about some of your, your journey and the traditional workplace and transitioning, and we have so many people who are listening, who are maybe working in their, a job they've been in for a long time or have jumped field to field and they want to start a business. When you think about your journey, what's one piece of advice that you can give to someone who's wanting to make that jump from traditional corporate to entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, so well, I think my number one piece of advice would be don't do what I did when I started out. My first 18 months of business were pretty rocky. And the reason was because I was making decisions in my business based on external factors, what other people thought, what other people wanted, and also this preconceived notion I had of what it would take to be a successful coach and business owner. You know, I was really operating from a place of fear, to be quite honest with you. I had made the decision to move away from mental health. That was a really scary move. And it caused a lot of internal questioning. Like if I'm not a social worker, if I'm not a therapist, who am I? And I'd gotten it in my head that, well, people who do really well in coaching are corporate coaches. So let me kind of lean into this corporate executive coaching world. And I created a brand and an identity and a business all around corporate coaching. And I think corporate coaching is a wonderful niche. We need really strong coaches in the corporate arena, but that's not me. And that certainly was not my background, nor was it really what I was interested in. And yet I was building this business that didn't align at all with my passions, with my values, and with my interests. And so 18 months in, I was lost inside my own business. I was... I had some clients and I was generating some revenue, but I was really unhappy. And I felt like I had just traded what I really wanted for the security of a profitable business. And so I really had to pause and do some serious introspection and ask myself, what do you want out of your business? How do you wanna show up for your clients? What really matters most to you? And it wasn't until I went back and anchored back into my values and my vision and why I believe in the power of coaching that I was able to have a heart to heart with myself and say, Lee, if you're gonna do this, you have to be you. You have to be authentic. You have to put your message out there. And of course, once I started doing that, that's when I started building an audience and connecting with people and ultimately what led to Coach With Clarity as my brand. So I think based on my history, I would really encourage people before you rush into starting a business, be really clear on what matters most to you, what your personal and business values are, and hopefully they overlap some, and be really clear about what you see as your purpose inside the business. Why are you so uniquely suited to solve whatever challenge or concern your clients are facing? And don't lose sight of that because it is so easy to get swayed by what other people think or what other people want, but we really have to orient to our true North, our values and let them lead the way.
0: I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for that explanation. And I think it's a good transition uh, answer into the next question. Whereas we're thinking about people who specifically want to start a coaching business. Mm -hmm. What qualities do you think someone needs to be a successful coach? And then we'll get into some, some more meat of that.
1: Yes. Well, I think number one, A person who is a a successful coach is someone who is invested in relationships because relationships really are at the heart of what we do. And that's both on the service delivery side. Of course, when we're working with our clients, we're establishing really powerful relationships with them. And that is often what allows them to accomplish more than they ever dreamed possible. And on the business side of things, relationships are key too, because when we think about marketing, when we think about sharing our message and connecting with the people we want to serve, that's all about relationships. And so I think a really good coach knows how to build and nurture relationships, both within the coaching experience, but also before we even get there.
0: Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, for someone who, who wants to start their coaching business, what's the first thing that they should do? Is it looking into a certification? Is it having a coach themselves? What advice can you give to someone who's on that path?
1: I do think that great coaches have great coaches. And so having some familiarity with the coaching process can be really helpful. It allows you to see what you like and maybe what you don't like about a given coach's approach. And it also allows you to start to develop your own approach to coaching. So I do think it's very helpful to have some history with coaching. I think it's also really important to think about as a coach, who you are serving, what it is they want, what it is they need. And sometimes that want and that need, that's two different things. And then we need to think about why are you the person to help them accomplish whatever it is they want? And again, a lot of times that starts with that internal reflection. What are your strengths? What are your traits? What do people come to you over and over again for support around? Those things can really guide you as you're starting to figure out the type of coach you want to be and the people you want to serve. Once you've really anchored yourself in your own understanding of your strengths, your talents, your skills, then the next step is to start to engage with people you want to serve. And all you have to do at this point is listen. Ask them what it is they find challenging, what it is they most want to accomplish, what has blocked them from achieving that so far. And as you're listening to them, you're going to learn so much, not just from a content perspective but also in terms of how they talk about it so then you're able to kind of shape your work and your solution using the language and the desires that you're hearing from your ideal clients so i really see it being a two-phased approach where first we go within and we do our own self-reflection and we anchor ourselves in our constellation of strengths and traits And then at that point, we look outside ourselves and we start talking to the people we most want to serve so that they can help shape and even co-create what it is we offer to our community.
0: Do you think anyone can
1: become a coach? I do. I really do. I think anyone who has the heart to serve other people who believes in the power of relationships to create change. And who is open to both learning a structure for the coaching process while also creating space for their intuition and their client's intuition. When we have that openness and that curiosity, I think that can really work to our advantage when we are coaching. So I really do believe that if someone is curious, open, willing to learn, and can understand how to bring their past experiences into their present day to, for their client's benefit. Yeah. I, I think you could absolutely be a coach.
0: So, you know, when I'm thinking about that, because Of course, I always tell people you can be whatever you want to be. Affirm Mm -hmm. it, believe it, achieve it. But when it comes down to some professions, especially coaching, which requires a certain level of EQ, definitely would require some skills of being personable, you know, just being 100% honest, everyone everyone doesn't have that. There's some people who are not people, people, persons or people, people, and they're not good at building relationships. So with someone who doesn't necessarily have those particular traits of having great EQ and having those people skills, how can they really step into the world of coaching? Is there like a different form? Is it more something that's I mean, I'm trying to think of like some, some ways that where they're not really interacting. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a thing with coaching, but. that. that?
1: Yeah, that's such a thoughtful question, Angel. And I want to think about that for a second. I think my, my gut reaction is that whether you are doing one-on-one coaching or more group coaching, there does need to be a care and concern that we hold for our clients. We want what's best for them. And we want to help them achieve it in a way that honors their agenda and their strengths. And so I think that there are some relationship skills that can be learned. Not all of us inherently know how to foster strong relationships, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. It just might mean that this is an area of growth for you where additional study and perhaps working with a mentor coach can really help you strengthen those perceived weak spots. Now, if that is not something that interests a person or they don't want that type of development, I would say that perhaps there's other avenues to explore besides traditional coaching. So perhaps they're better suited for public speaking or for being uh, a thought leader through books or even podcasts and the like. I think there are other ways that we can support people and help them in their change journey. But I would say that, yeah, there needs to be at least a willingness to develop those relationship skills in order to be a powerful coach because the relationship is so central to the process.
0: Thank you so much for that explanation, because, oh gosh, I mean, I know so many people are going to be having questions about this. And I always like to tell people, as I mentioned, you can do anything, but definitely think about like those qualities and soft skills that you need to be successful in a certain skill. Now, Lee, I want to talk more about, you know, the people who were thinking about coaching and Sometimes, even with if we relate it to just starting a business in general, some people have the question, Well, what can I start a business about? Or I don't know what skills I have. And I know that you're really big on leveraging skills that you currently have and that you use in the workplace and transitioning that into a coaching skill. So, for someone who I want to find like the hardest profession or something that someone's doing out there, let's take someone who's in engineering. Okay. Now, of course, engineering is a very skilled, difficult role how can someone transition from a field such as that that's that's a bit difficult and turn that into a coaching skill
1: i think the first step is to consider what makes you a really strong engineer what are the strengths and talents that you bring as an engineer and i am not an engineer here though My grandfather is, I've, I've loved many engineers in my life. And when I think about what they bring to the table, there is a thoughtfulness to how we approach things. There is an understanding of systems and structures and protocol. And there's a focus on trying things out and testing things until we see what works best. All of those qualities that an engineer Has like that is exactly what we're looking for in coaching. So I think sometimes we need to broaden out, and maybe it's not okay. I'm an engineer. How can I help other people become engineers? You certainly could do a coaching business around that. But instead, I would think about okay, how can my perspective as an engineer serve me as a coach? And I can tell you when it comes to coaching, having the ability to create that container for change. so understanding how to plan out what that longer term coaching relationship looks like and then also how to create processes to use session by session to support our clients that is a huge skill for coaches to learn and something that I think an engineer probably would be able to do pretty easily. The tricky part might be figuring out where and how to leave room for flexibility and growth, because not everything in a coaching relationship can be scripted. We do need to make room for the magic, and we certainly need to keep our client's agenda at the center of what we do. So certainly, as with any career, there's going to be some places where we need to learn or practice. Practice or figure out the best way to do that. That's where having a coach training program can support you because it'll help you strengthen some muscles. You might not even know you had, but I promise you they're there. And then it'll also help you leverage those skills you already use on a day-to-day basis in your current career and figure out where they belong in your coaching approach.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, Lee, I want to talk, a little bit more about the financials of a business of course that's my expertise Mm -hmm. and you know at the beginning of the show you discussed really the steps and processes you went to into starting a coaching business but when you think about entrepreneurship overall and then the business financial side how did you learn that information are you self-taught did you have a coach yourself can you walk us through that
1: Yes, I would say it's a a bit of a hybrid approach, a little, you know, all of the above. I certainly was working with a coach in the early stages of my business, and she herself was a credentialed coach and a business owner. And then I think also being a part of my husband's business and seeing the inner workings of his practice. And what was working and what needed fine tuning, that was very helpful as well. There was a lot of on-the-job training and a lot of just-in-time training where if I didn't know how to do something, I was figuring out how to do it a little bit on the fly. And that can be a really exhilarating and a really scary place to be. So when you have trusted resources that you can turn to like your podcast, for example, or a coach training program, and you can allow those resources to support you, then we kind of marry that with an attitude of, I'm going to try this out. This is an experiment. I'm going to test this. Here's the variable. Let's see how it works. And I think what I did early on was I really got stuck around this idea of I have to make X amount. And if I don't make X amount, then I'm not a real business owner or I'm doing something wrong. And I was not particularly compassionate or patient with myself. And I wanted things to happen faster than they were. And I think that happens a lot in the field of entrepreneurship. We are big visionary thinkers. We can see what's possible to achieve well before we're actually able to achieve it. And so there's this tension that arises then when we know what it is we want and we're just not quite there yet. And I think rather than trying to fight that or to treat it as something that we should avoid, we need to just recognize that as being a part of entrepreneurship. And because we're such big thinkers and we can really strategically plan for the future and and envision what's possible, that is a strength. And the shadow side of it is that sometimes we have a hard time actually being patient enough to bring that to life. So I would recommend if you're starting your business, be really gentle with yourself, give yourself a runway, understand that it's going to take time for you to come up with the systems and processes that really serve you that you can repeat over time. Because those repeatable processes, I think, are at the heart of financial sustainability. When we have something that works and we know how to apply it and we can repeat that, then all of a sudden we've got those revenue paths that are just opening to us. But that doesn't happen overnight. And if it takes a little bit of time, it's not because you're doing anything wrong. You're actually doing it right. And so that's something I wish I had known early on was the importance of patience and compassion as I'm building up my business.
0: Wow. Definitely. You know, operations and financials is so important. And especially on the financial part, so many people don't realize the first two years (laughs) of starting a business, more than 80% of business owners fail and it's due to poor financial management. So I always say that piece is super important to understand. And if you don't understand it, or you don't want to try to understand it, at least have a really good accountant, have someone, business advisor, who understands that part that can walk you through. And, you know, talking about business financials, I have a question that I'd like to ask you and Mm -hmm. it's more related to, it can be related to business or personal financing is how I teach both, but it's, it's also related to my brand. It's a phrase that I use for years, which is balling on a budget, Mm balling on a budget. So Lee, when you hear that phrase, tell me what you're thinking of, how would you
1: define that? To me, it sounds like living life to the fullest, whatever that looks like for you in a way that doesn't exceed your financial capabilities. So your budget and my budget may look very different. I may have a $1,000 budget. You may have a $1 million budget, but we need to understand how within those parameters, we can really lead a fulfilling life. I mean, that's what ballin is, basically. It's it's living life in a way that brings you joy. And for me too, a life that is also aligned with your values, with, with what matters most. Because then when our actions are consistent with what we believe in and what we stand for, then that's where true fulfillment comes from. And so when we're able to do that in a way that works in harmony with our financial resources, however much or however little we may have, when we're able to find fulfillment in that, to me, that's, that's balling on a budget.
0: Love the definition. Thank you so much. And, you know, for someone who's listening and they're trying to figure out if they're the ideal client for you, give some backstory on what you're looking for, for people to work with you.
1: Yes. I love working with people who understand the importance of marrying strategy and logical thinking and analysis with intuition and that emotional quotient, the EQ, and maybe some of the softer sides of things. I think coaching really asks us to hold both to have space for the structure and the logic, as well as the intuition and the magic. So if you are intrigued by both of those and you're interested in understanding how to harness them in order to be a powerful coach who can help your clients create real sustainable change in their lives, that is the kind of coach that I love to work with. Someone who's maybe slightly rebellious, who wants to try something new, who wants to do things a little differently, but who are also very much focused on the needs of their clients who have a heart for service and also understand that it is possible to serve others and serve yourself at the both, both at the same time, because when we have a profitable thriving business, it's because we're serving our people. And then we reap the rewards from that. So both are possible. That's absolutely something that we explore in coach with clarity. Love it. Any last words for listeners? I would say, don't let your fear hold you back. I think I'm still thinking about the question you asked earlier, Angel, about are there people out there who shouldn't be coaches? You know, what if they have trouble with relationships and the like? And sometimes I think we allow our own fear to create those stories. And then we tell ourselves, I'm not good at relationships. I'm not a people person. I can't be a coach because of X, Y, and Z. And a lot of those stories are ones that we've built up over time, either because we may have been told that at a young age by someone else, that may have been a message that we internalized, or maybe it's a message that we've created in order to protect ourselves. Because if we say we're not good at something, then we don't have to do it, and then we don't run the risk of failing. So I would say, if you sense that about yourself, first off, know that it's completely normal. Every human has fear and that fear is designed to keep us safe. So it's really your mind doing its job. It's trying to help you, but you have to then ask yourself, how are these stories serving me? How is this fear helping me? And am I at a point where maybe it's actually getting in my way? And if that's the case, then it's time to do some of that introspection and reflection work. That is absolutely something that is perfect to talk about with a coach, because then once you uncover those fears and you work through them, all of a sudden, then those old stories no longer hold power over you anymore. And you can rewrite the story to support you as you create this coaching practice. So I think that's what I would leave people with is that, fear is normal and sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it gets in our way. So let's figure out what's really going on here and then allow that to inform you as you move forward in your coaching journey. Lee, thank you
0: so much for being on the show. Absolutely loved all of the information that you've shared. And I'm sure listeners will be taking notes, possibly reaching out. Where
1: can people find you online? I have so enjoyed this conversation and I would absolutely love to continue it with any of your listeners who are feeling called to explore coaching. So you can find me at my website. It's coachwithclarity.com. That's also where you can learn about the Coach with Clarity podcast, which is available pretty much wherever you listen to your shows. And you can also learn more about my book, act on your business, braving the storms of entrepreneurship and creating success through meaning mindset and mindfulness. If you go to coachwithclarity.com slash get the book, it'll take you to the Amazon page where you can get it in paperback or Kindle.
0: I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know any ideas you have for a future show topic. And if you really want to show us some love, Share this episode with a friend and be sure to join our community online, milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at milestonesmotivationandmoney. Tune in next time.